You're listening to the Substandard Model. Today we explore the science behind an extreme seagull attack that may have led to the creation of the horror movie industry. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. let's go. Right, right, right. so I'm going to do another thing that I do sometimes where I'm going to connect, connect aspects of um, society and science and culture and stuff. Right? I'm going to do a connection. Um, what what do you know about Alfred Hitchcock, Henry? Uh, he's a he's a director. Oh, he's he's, he's yep. he, he loves those kind of like I don't know. When I think of an Alfred Hitchcock movie, I think of some the screen's black, right? Yep. Then some person Emily. is white because it's black and white comes out of the shadows, and then this piano <laughs> song goes. It's like yep. and the person's surprised and scared, and that's that's my visualization of Alfred Hitchcock movies. Pretty much sums it up. Uh, movies he's done from the back top of my head: Rear Window, like um, I think Sailing into Psycho, Vertigo. I think. Yeah, Psycho is the one that makes me think of the scared person coming out the shadow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Psycho for sure. That, that 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 that's he. He's an iconic director. You know, he 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 pioneered films as an art form. He was a weird, weird little man. Um, very creative, very very innovative, very cool. But he his probably his most famous film is um, a film called, you've probably heard of it, it's called The Birds. Yes, I've heard that that's quite scary. It's, a, it's one, I mean, he kind of started off the idea of horror films, or at least popularized it, and The Birds was his most popular one, probably. Mm. And there is, a, there is a scene, I mean, like, birds t- traditionally aren't really a horror horror thing, you know, we, we like birds, we keep them in cages, we think they're cute, we, we but, but the, the Birds is a terrifying window into a world where what if birds were not so cute and there's a very iconic scene where there's a lady in a seaside town and suddenly all the birds in the seaside town go absolutely mental they become just complete mentalists and they start going around attacking people and killing people and mobbing people and trying to get into shops and get into buildings and just going completely insane and there's a great score and the ladies are very scared sounds like a comedy to be honest but I mean, it has the effect of a comedy merely because the, the special effects, as you can imagine, are utterly shambolic. So the birds, the birds are just, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's just really unrealistic and quite humorous in retrospect, but he still manages to capture some tension, even with the very unrealistic depictions of birds. Mm. But that's not what I'm really going to be talking about. What I'm going to be talking about is um, the, uh, the, the birds, Henry, the, bird, the, the incident right in depicted in the birds may be uh less fictional than you might have otherwise thought is this because all i know about the birds as a movie right is my friend casper okay he had a funny story from his childhood they were watching the birds because his dad's big into movies i used to watch movies with dad but his dad's big into movies and yeah you you don't watch the birds unless you're big into movies yeah and and his dad was like this is a scary movie it's a horror movie and i don't know if it's this version because it feels like it can't be this version but casper (laughs) at some point in the movie goes this isn't that scary and then immediately like some bird like comes out of some woman's eye or something oh that's a totally a thing he would do i don't know i I actually i don't think i actually seen the birds 
but I know that 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 would not surprise me. It gets pretty grim, I think. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not speaking to that incident in specific, right? But um, the the famous ident you know iconic scene where there's a bunch of birds on a seaside town that go crazy and kill everyone, that was actually inspired by a real life event. Oh, birds! It was, is this seagulls stealing people's lunch? No. Well, if that lunch is people's eyes and flesh and gore and, wow. and souls and you know and also probably lunch killed in monterey bay in 1961 and okay that's like two years before the birds come out yeah films didn't take all that long to make well not as long as it, they do now um like that 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 was that's a rough rough roughly you know realistic time frame he just saw the news story yeah, basically a large, a bunch of birds, often generally seagulls, but also a variety of different species of seabirds, all essentially started attacking people and behaving otherwise very, very strangely um, over the over a period of a couple of days, and then they proceeded to basically all die on mass. Um, and there was kind of no idea why this happened. Can I guess? You can guess. The rest of my fact will be explaining why this happened. Rabies. No, not rabies. All right, guess though. Because they all died yeah. and they all went crazy just before they died. So, I guess it's not a right guess, and but I, I would never have such a boring fact. Yeah, you're it's, just yeah. like, it's rabies. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. that isn't good enough for me, frankly. Right, um, okay. Off you go. So, so I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave that suspenseful, right? A bunch of birds went crazy in Monterey Bay. And now I'm going to veer, right? I'm veering. I'm veering way over to a completely different topic. And then I'm going to connect them at the end. Right. Do, do you know what a diatom is, Henry? Diatom. A uh, diatom. Is that a diatom? Diatom? I don't know. Is it? Well, diatom, is, probably. Is that, it's two bits together, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's, is it not like, it's, because that's like, that comes from the, atom comes from the Greek word, right? So. Yeah. Greek I think word diatom kind of isn't specific to two specific things i think i think it could be like two nanoparticles or it could be two oh, oh. bacteria stuck together or it could be two atoms right okay um so the, you've fallen into the trap where the word the word diatom when you hear it, it doesn't really sound like what it is a diatom is a, a biological group consisting a large group consisting of several different genuses of algae it's a taxonomic group of algae, right? You know, dinoflagellates. You have dinoflagellates. You have you have red algae. You have green algae, and you have diatoms. It's just a kind of algae, right? Diatoma, yeah, yeah. And the they are pretty unique. Um, they are unicellular organisms, but they can occur in colonies. Sometimes they have asexual fission. You know, there's a lot of a lot of normal things about them, algae-wise. The coolest thing about them, though, is they have these special kinds of shells that they create called frostules and these 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 frostules essentially are these silica ultra structures these silica nanostructures which they build around their body slowly over time just through little interconnecting lattices of of silica and they they because they form symmetrically like a crystal they form these really beautiful like snowflake structures and these algae, which you would, I mean, when you imagine algae, you imagine a sort of red or green blob. You imagine uh-huh. seaweed. These diatoms, the pictures of, look, Google pictures of diatoms. Uh, these like elaborate, 
like triangles and long, long symmetrical things. Should I tell you what I think they're just grappling hook like, shapes and stuff. What, what do you think they're like? I think. Do you know the Studio Ghibli movie Ponyo? I do. I like Ponyo. The art. The art style of Ponyo is basically like all the background sea creatures in Ponyo is what the diatoms look like. I, I yeah okay yeah 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 I'm I'm with you there I'm with you there. It's just like a collection of pleasingly um, symmetrical, yeah. strangely shaped organisms. You look at them and you don't really know what they are. Like they seem kind of they they seem like not biological because they're really symmetrical and they have different they have both radial and bilateral symmetry, which is really unique in general groups of animals and that's because what what you're seeing when you look at a pretty picture of a diatom is you're seeing the glass frustule that they form around themselves and it, it's made of i mean it seems silly to call it glass but it is it's literally made from silica and that's what glass is it's made from a lattice of silica and it's not a coincidence that we get glass from sand like the silica that is in sand that we make glass from is mostly from diatoms originally so the re- the reason that we have glass is because diatoms have this ability to biologically create these silica lattices from silica in the dissolved in the water in their environment. That's the starting point of glass. That's the the nucleation site of of how we make glass is from diatoms. Is it, is it like um, what sea squirts collecting vanadium? It's sort of like some sea yes. creature floating around collects an element that otherwise might not be found in large quantities. And places it yeah. in places where now it's in large quantities. No, I mean life. Life itself, like, is really good at creating order out of disorder, and that means that it's really good at concentrating elements in places where they shouldn't be concentrated. You know, fossil fuels are good because they concentrate hydrocarbons in a way that they shouldn't be concentrated yeah, naturally. Because silica, like, I don't know how high silica is in the Earth's crust in terms of content. Oh, very high. I think secondary to oxygen in terms of right. like, like it's really, really high. Um, actually, no carbon and oxygen and hydrogen will be higher, but like silica is the, the highest metal type type thing. Well, I guess it's not really full metal, but silica is one of the highest. But let's just get that right so we don't say something. You're wrong. right. I think I'm pretty sure silica is pretty much the, the 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 highest up surprising one. Most abundant elements: oxygen, forty six percent oxygen. Silicon, twenty seven percent, twenty eight percent. Aluminium. That's not what you expect. Aluminium is it? Thing is, aluminium is really reactive which is why we didn't get aluminium for like, you know, the thousands and thousands of years until about, you know, 120, 150 years ago. Then we started getting aluminium because we found out a way of extracting it from the all the oxides it makes and all the chlorides and everything. Right. And iron, then calcium, then sodium, then potassium, then magnesium. It's all the ones that just sort of... Thing is, we don't get to choose it. There's no reason why... Because this is the fundamental makeup of the Earth, isn't it? Mm. I wonder. Maybe, maybe there is a reason. Like in 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 very very primitive early stage Earth, in those convection currents, what stuff rises to the surface? Because this is the crust we're talking about, right? But other than that, we get what we're given from 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 the the nebula that makes our solar system. Yeah, I suppose. Anyway. But, Silic- uh, yes, uh, silicon's sil- everywhere, but there's more silicon there should be in beaches. Silicon's everywhere. Um, diatoms bring the silica in and make it into something that can eventually be made into glass, um, and that's why they're so beautiful and they look like a, a beautiful cathedral in in the inside their microscopes. They're so pretty, um, but they are sure sure they're beautiful, but they can also be also be quite deadly. 
right it can also be dangerous and mm. now we're coming on to something called habs and habs henry habs are the critical link they are the 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 path which connects alfred hitchcock and glass okay and um well, other this, than cameras this, other than cameras that's the second it's a loop it's a full loop um that, that connects alfred hitchcock and glass and this is this is one side habs. of the loop is that a, an, an habs. A, abbreviation an acronym uh it's an acronym. It's an acronym. It start. It stands for harmful algal blooms. Right. Did so the you birds know how... swallow some algae? Ish. So you know how I was saying earlier that like often sea creatures are really good at like making loads and loads of babies just in case then the right conditions aren't there and they all die. Oh, uh, so right. there was the right condition. So... The way that, well, that algae do that quite well. And occasionally, and it's generally our fault, but it's sometimes not our fault, you get some really particularly great conditions. Like maybe there's loads of nitrogen compounds or loads of phosphorus compounds in the water. And that means that all of the algae babies, which usually die, suddenly don't die. And you can get an absolute explosion. Like, in, like, like thousands and thousands of powers of 10 of more algae than there should be just happening in one current cycle in one part of the earth in one like bay and it just complete like when you look at it from space you see these images of algal blooms and they're they're really beautiful they're like bright green bright red they cover whole coastlines they're really really like they're quite iconic images and they they happen because mostly because of eutrophication so it's stuff like fertilizer runoff um yeah you know, like eutrophication. You, That's an old word. I forgot about that one. Yeah, like we accidentally pump plant grow juice into into our soil, which then rains and goes into the ground. Something and out then of a rains and goes movie, into the. Dr. Yeah, exactly. Schmertz invents plant grow juice and then accidentally it... spills his bottle <laughs> on the algae, and then the algae grows. Mm. Yeah, the big glass algae grows a thousand times its its total size. Yeah, but why did this uh, make all the birds psycho? Well, diatoms, and not, not not just any diatom, but a particular kind of diatom called the pseudonychia. Pseudonychia is a group of algae that makes up like a decent number of of. They're sort of a long and thin little. It looks like um, it should be in a lava lamp. You know, it's one of those little diatoms, and it has a special property where it can make glutamate and it can do a biological synthesis pathway and it makes it into something called duomic acid. And duomic acid essentially gets in your glutamate receptors in your brain, especially in the amygdaloid cortex and your hippocampus. And it can sort of cause unwarranted stimulation, let's just say. And when you have unwarranted stimulation in your amygdala, the amygdala is kind of the bit of your brain that tells you to freak out. So... What kind of happens when you have algal blooms is that you have blooms of pseudonychia occasionally, which causes slightly, unfortunately, high levels of duomic acid in the water, which ends up being eaten by various things that eat algae, like, I don't know, krill or stuff like that, which end up being eaten by various things that eat krill, like fish, which ends up being eaten by various things that eat fish, like bigger fish, which ends up being eaten by things like apex predators, and now there's a, there's a phenomenon called bioaccumulation, Henry, which is things that don't get broken down in the body kind of accumulate in predators. 
so for example if if you have like some lead poisoning or some zinc poisoning or whatever like in an environment the deer will eat a bit of it but it's kind of okay right they're they're, they 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 they, you know they process it in their body and they just keep it around it's not enough at a concentration that can kill them um but the thing is they don't get rid of the zinc the zinc stays there and now let's say you're a lion and all you eat is deer so you're eating so like the most of the plant matter has been cycled through the deer but the deer has kept all the zinc that it has accumulated throughout its lifetime. So the deer has a bit more zinc than the rest of the world. And you're only eating deer. And now let's say that means that you have a lot more zinc than is naturally found in the world because you've only eaten things that have a bit more zinc and you haven't lost any of that zinc. So you're suddenly like zinc wise, you're a real hotspot in the environment. And if something starts eating you, they're essentially exponentially increasing yeah. the amount of zinc they have because zinc is, is something that you can't get rid of. And that happens in mercury, that happens in lead. Is the apex predator question mark? No, I mean... How far do you go? Like, like birds of prey often often get really, really affected by poisonings. Like you often see mass poisonings because the environment has just bioaccumulated these things into the top predators. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's dangerous. And duomic acid isn't really something that breaks down very easily. So, so that goes to birds it, of prey. It goes straight to the brains of things that eat fish, like things that eat, like which in this case is seabirds. And once you have a huge algal the, bloom, can I just ask? Those are acid. Yes. Were the fish going crazy too? <sighs> Maybe, but you know, it's kind of hard to notice when a fish goes crazy. Like <laughs> some of the fish were probably going crazy. But fish have a very, they have a much more different brain structure than birds do to us. I mean, birds have a different brain to us, sure, but it's much more similar than a fish's. Maybe fish don't go crazy in the same way. All I do know is that the birds went crazy. And that is what happened in Monterey Bay in 1961. A huge harmful algal bloom in a nearby coastline created increased concentrations of duomic acid, which basically made all the birds freak the fuck out and this has been this has been this was discovered quite soon after the event and now whenever there's a big harmful algal bloom all these fisheries nearby they're no longer allowed to harvest fish like they have to close down temporarily in case they accidentally harvest like yeah otherwise people can like have serious poisoning or like like that's it's it could be it's quite a big issue i mean like it's just something to be aware of and yeah there you go was was anyone killed? Was anyone? What was the trauma? It wasn't that bad. I, I sounds like you want trauma. It was okay. It was blown up a little bit in the newspapers. I don't think there was anyone that died. I think there were some injuries. But if you see yeah, that kind of story it. in a headline, if you see that right. kind of story in a headline as an Alfred Hitchcock and you're a you're an aspiring screenwriter, yeah, yeah. that's going to catch your attention. All right. There is an account of thousands of birds raining down from the sky at 3 a.m., crashing into homes, cars in that yep. Monterey Bay area. Eight persons were reported bitten. That sounds about right. Nice. Eight, eight persons were reported bitten. Uh, so basically Daphne du Maurier in 1952, and she wrote Rebecca. Do you remember that from uh-huh. school? Oh, um, yeah, I do. Daphne du Maurier, she wrote a screenplay on the subject of killer birds and then Hitchcock combined with that and the Monterey Bay story to produce killer birds. Sick. 
But yeah, I mean, like, I, I my favorite part of this fight is honestly the diatoms. And they're really, you know, I mean, guess how many tons of silicon they, they store in their structures every year? How many? Collect, collectively. Oh, I'll guess, how many I'll guess, tons? I'll guess, I'll guess. Yeah, yeah, you better guess. Mm, 100 billion tons, trillion tons. 100 trillion tons of silicon. Trillion. There we go. That's, that's bigger than the weight of the one, earth. Like, I was one consonant away. No, 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 no. I was, I was expressing surprise at your appalling guess. It's seven billion tons. I'm never making you ask anything. Oh, no, I You're said, never I guessing. said, I said one. I said a hundred billion. I'm not letting you guess anything ever again. You always guess way too high. I really thought you were going to guess over seven billion. Fine, all right. I guess I guess that's not that impressive. But like for each person on Earth, there's a ton of silica being stored every every year by algae. Wow. For each human on Earth. Yeah, you know, not the not the sun crunching half that in a second of pure it's mass kind of energy. <laughs> fine. Fine. Beat my biology with your physics. Yeah, but I think Sam okay. are pretty. Seven billion, right? Yeah. That's seven times ten to the nine. Yes, it is. The world is times ten to the twenty-four. In its what in its mass. Yeah. These these are bigger, bigger masses. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm just saying, like, if you want to like have a thing that uh, I suppose I suppose a hundred trillion's a bit off. I was saying ten to the ten. No you're saying uh, Yeah, no, I'm a bit off. That's impressive you're saying, actually. You're saying if I want to impress you, I should pick a physics fact. No, but, but it gets I, I unimpressive know. very quickly because then you just go, wow, this black hole has a hundred trillion suns, which is a hundred ah. trillion Earths, which <laughs> is a hundred trillion trillion kilos of mass disappears into nothing. I mean, I, I told myself I wasn't going to make you guess as many things, but I really went into that thinking it would, it would, I would get it. Be, high, be higher than your guesses. But it it was significantly lower. Anyway, Amazing. seven billion tons of silica alone stored every year by algae, which then went on to make a bunch of birds go crazy in California and inspire one of the one of the proto proto genres of of, of horror of film. Of film in general, we we might not have Midsummer or Hereditary or all these or, or Host or all these horror films if it you wasn't. You can consider for... that maybe a good thing and maybe a bad thing. Midsummer, maybe exactly. Midsummer, I thought was quite good, but um, um, Hereditary, I really didn't like. Did you not? What was I, thought Hered- was, I thought it was a bit weird. <laughs> it's a little weird. I don't think it's much less weird than Midsummer. No, but she's like, I'm having a um an allergic attack. Oh no! Stick your head out the window. Oh, she's been beheaded. Now she's a demon. And she's going to come back for you after getting beheaded whilst driving home from an allergy attack because your big brother made you come to a party. And it somehow ends with them in a treehouse doing a sacrifice. Oh, yeah, there's the naked man, isn't there? The naked man. The naked man. It's always a naked oh, man. There's a bit where she's like on the ceiling as well. Oh, there's some freaky bits in that. Fa- yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, horror films generally, like, I like them, but in a very different way in, in the way that I like other films. But yeah, that's my other fact. You're listening to the Substandard Model, 